Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 121. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I'm really excited to introduce a very special guest, Adam Patali. Adam, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it when I got people on the show that come in excited and ready to go, and I like to play on cars. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> that was excellent. Right on. Adam Patali is the chief detailer, product engineer, and head of customer service at Adam's Premium Car Care. At the tender young age of nine, the entrepreneur in him bloomed, and he started a small business, Adams Bicycle Repair and Cleaning. And from there, he went on to washing and waxing the cars in his neighborhood. And at age 12, he hired his first employee, a 16-year-old kid from up the street, to help him out. His business grew into a mobile detailing business, and he specialized in limousine fleets through high school and college. Eventually, Adam developed his own car care products, and he started selling them at the Orange County Swap Meet in Southern California. His customers and fan list grew, and his website was born. And today, he features a full line of premium car care products, in addition to a lot of helpful advice that can all be found at Adam's Premium Car Care on the web. So, Adam, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take some time and share a little bit more about your history, about your business, your interests, and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, certainly my passion goes back a ways. I've, uh, I've yet to have a job, and I've never had an interview or a resume, and so I just pretty much got excited about making things shinier uh, when I was a little kid, and it's been a, it's been a lifelong obsession. I've got a, uh, I've got a pretty serious sickness. I think that's what we like to call it around here. I got the <laughs> Oh, sickness, no, no, man. no. There's no sickness to it. I, oh. I, I share, your, I share oh. your fun with making things look shiny. Oh yeah, well, it, it was. It's always been. Uh, it's been a very easy thing for me to be enthusiastic about. So, throughout uh, throughout my life of you know, taking something that's an okay condition or decent condition or even cruddy condition and turning it into something that's gleaming and, and beautiful is it, it's it's enjoyable. It's a passion, and it uh, 
you know, for me has always been therapy. And that's kind of what I've, I've turned this business into something that provides uh, enthusiasts with the tools to, to enjoy and, and to accomplish the therapy that, you know, we get out in the garage on the, on the, in the evenings, during the day, on the weekends. But uh, this is all based on, uh, you know, keeping a smile on your face and keeping all of your, your toys really shiny. So Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't, have to, I didn't have to try hard to get into this. It worked out pretty well. It found me. Well, what's neat about what you've done is a lot of people get into detailing. They love to detail their own cars, and they create a business out of it. That entrepreneurial spirit comes out. But then you took it another step, and you started developing your own products because you have a full line of products with your name on them. They are your proprietary products. Can you tell us a little bit about that time in your career path when you decided to start, I know you say tinkering or being a chemist with the chemicals and things. What prompted you to go down that avenue? That was an accident too. We, um, after selling at the at the swap meet for just a few months, uh, back in 2000, I had a gentleman walk up to me. Now, picture a guy with a giant beer belly. He's got a shirt. He's got a t-shirt with some kind of a ratty old hot rod on it. He's got a hat on backwards, and he's got his Oakley Iridium blades. Remember those Oakley oh, Iridium, yes. those gold, funky-looking things. <laughs> yep. So he's got his blades on. He's got he's pretty much down to the end of his first cigar of the day. It's about ten o'clock in the morning, and he's just about at the end of his thirty-six ounce beer. So this guy is feeling no pain. He walks up to me and he says, "Ah, I got these trucks. I don't know what to do with them. It's driving me crazy. The paint's turning pink. Ah, it's eating up my whole budget. I need a I need a great detailer who can detail for me." And I said, "Ah, well, I'm I'm a guy that could probably help you with that. I've only detailed since uh." since 1980, but I'm, I'm starting to get good at it now. <laughs> he says, well, good. Well, let me tell you what I got. I got lots of trucks and I got all these vans and they're all turning colors and it's driving me nuts and I need help. I said, oh, great. I said, well, give me your card and, I, and I'd love to come see your fleet. Well, he, he wouldn't. He says, I don't carry business cards. Come on. Plus, he's, he's, you know, he's half in the bag, you know, 36 ounces of beer, 10 a.m. <laughs> the guy's, the guy, he, was just, he was a total character. He says, well, give me your card. I said, okay. So I give him my card. He takes a pen. He writes his address, you know, whatever, whatever, South Central Boulevard, Los Angeles, California. And I said, well, okay. I went to college up there at, uh, at USC and detailed my way through school. And so I know South Central. Uh, I know that zone. So he says, come see me tomorrow. You know, this is Sunday. Said, okay, great. I'll come see you. So, you know, the day's done. He walks off. I drive up there, and it's the Coca-Cola corporate headquarters. Oh, wow. And I'm like, what in the world? Are you serious? And I pull up, I park, I get out, I walk up, and, I, and I'm looking around. And there's this guy that walks out in this nice, crisp white shirt. He's got silver hair, kind of long, and it's all, you know, greased back, and the guy's all clean cut. Can I help you, son? And I said, yeah, I'm looking for Rod Vogt. He's like, oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Same no, guy. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. You, clean up, you clean up well, You Rod. clean up well. I was just going to yeah. say that. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> get in my uh, golf cart. Let's go for a ride. Okay, let's go. So we, get, we jump in his golf cart, and we, go, we start cruising. Coca-Cola has maybe 10 or 12 square blocks of downtown LA. Their manufacturing facility, their fleet facility. And we start looking around and we're looking at all these trucks. And then they have like the little white vans, like the Chevy Astro vans and the Ford Aerostar vans. Mm -hmm. And they're white and with the red, with the red vinyl lettering on them. This is the, these are the trucks that service or the vans that service like the, uh, the, the liquor stores and stuff. Sure. And then the big trucks would service, you know, drug stores or, or grocery stores. He takes me out, and all of these vehicles just look terrible. I'm like, wow. And I'm, you know, you can rub your hands on the side of these vans, and you're pulling off white paint. And then we go to the trucks, and these giant, you know, huge tractor trailers are all just turned pink. 
I said, wow, this is terrible. These things look awful. He's like, you're telling me. And I'm, so he's repainting these trucks. And it's, it's eating his entire fleet budget to repaint these trucks often. Sure. He says, well, can you detail these? Can you bring these back? And I say, I don't know. So I got out and I start, I, you know, I take my little, my little bag of stuff that I brought and I tried to do a little section on the front right corner of one of these trucks. And I made absolutely no difference. Hmm. And he goes, ah, don't worry about it. Jump in. You'll figure it out. So I'm like, all right, great. I'm like, oh boy, what am I getting myself into? I said, well, how many vehicles are you having problems with? And he sits there, shakes his head. He's, he's just scratching his head. He's thinking. He's like, ah, oh, what's up? Da, 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 da. Um, 3,400. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what? 3,400 vehicles. I'm like, holy macaroni. That's crazy. Well, okay, fine. 3,400 vehicles. He goes, yeah, and I'm repainting them all like crazy. I said, oh. So he's got the entire fleet for Southern California in one plant. He's got 3,400 vehicles, and that includes trucks, vans, and then all the vice presidents. So there's like 50,000 vice presidents at Coca-Cola. They're all you know these people that are basically regional reps, but they call them VPs. Mm-hmm. And they're driving, at that point, Dodge Intrepids, Chevy Luminas, and Ford Taurus. And they're all going to heck, too. So what happens is... We give him a quote. We say, listen, we can detail these trucks. I bet we can do it, and I can do it for exactly 10%. So he's paying 2200 bucks a truck to repaint him. Mm-hmm. I said, we'll do it for 220 bucks. If you're paying 2200 we can do it for 220 He's like, all right, sold, done. I'm like, okay, when can you start? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, <laughs> let's do it. So I have no idea how to do this. I don't know the products that we're going to need, it, but I did figure out immediately that uh, taking a whole bunch of guys out and detailing from about three or three thirty in the afternoon until about one or two in the morning mm-hmm. is a terrible job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also recognize that the products that we are using were not cutting the mustard. So we're we're detailing these trucks mostly at night, the only time they're stopped, and we're realizing that polish and wax won't dry in the wet, you know, in the, in the evening dew. You right, know? right. So we're like, oh man. So we start taking different products and we combine them, and we're mixing them in in five gallon paint pails. With those, um, kind of like a propeller, like a prop on a paint stick. Mixer. You put yeah, in, paint, paint mixer. Yeah, You put it on the end of your cordless drill. So we're mixing this stuff up, and we're combining chemicals to try to get this, this stuff to work. And we're also trying to make things quicker. We're trying to detail these trucks faster. Hmm. So we start off with a nine-hour detail job, a nine-man hour. So it's three dudes, three hours, and we're barely moving, right? We're just getting through. We're getting through like three trucks a night. Our goal is 10. We're definitely not taking care of business there. We're not getting it done. So we start going directly to the chemical manufacturers, and there's a whole ton of them in Southern California. And so we said, hey, I love this product that you make, and I love this product that we get from a different chemical manufacturer. Can you possibly make us a product that that incorporates these qualities of this chemical and these qualities of this chemical? Like we wanted to get something that would cut and shine at the same time. And then we eventually wanted something that would cut, polish, and add some protection. Yeah, kind of a one-step do-all. Heck yeah, yeah. I mean, we're doing such huge volumes of trucks, there's no way we can do it. First of all, they don't want to pay for us to spend, you know, 20 hours per truck. And second of all, there's no way in heck we could make money doing it any other way. So we had to find stuff. So we started just basically combining existing chemicals to do trucks faster and in the dew and then in the direct sun sometimes. Um, some of the plants that we'd be able to go and work on, we'd be able to work on weekends, which was great. Yeah. So, We'd be doing all this, and we just slowly came out with a line of products that were completely existing chemicals made by comp- companies, you know, lots of different chemical companies that we just would take and combine to help us do trucks faster. So oh, we, cool. we, didn't, we didn't have some 
I didn't know, well, I just wanted a better line of car care products because I have so many cars. It's like, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. At this point, by the way, I'm living in my warehouse in Redondo Beach, right on the railroad tracks. I had a 1,000 square foot warehouse and mm -hmm. a little tiny loft upstairs. I'm not living high on the hog at this point, you know. And we are really, really focused on getting the, the number of man hours per truck down. And um, so that's our, that's how, that's how we got going. It was a complete accident. Everything we made, even the most expensive chemicals in the world, the most expensive polishes and waxes are way cheaper than paying man hours for workers. And obviously that all transfers into the, the regular consumer, the guy on the weekend who has his collector car or his daily driver. He might be willing to spend more time on his toy car, but on his daily driver, he wants to clean, polish, and protect quickly. So those things transfer over nicely to the at-home guy too. So I love how problem-solution, and many times that's how companies come to be, is there's a problem out there that the consumer needs. You had your own issues, your own problems that you fixed, but uh, I love that. Great story. What I'd love to do now, Adam, is we continue on your journey. I always like to start our talks off with a success quote, and this is something that has some real meaning to you and your life and your business. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Adam, take the wheel. Well, my favorite quote, you know, it was one that was uh, said initially by Sam Walton. High expectations are the key to everything. How have you taken that success quote and incorporated into your business and your life and, and your passion for cars, for that matter? My passion for things American-made started early. My first bicycle was a Schwinn bicycle. I just absolutely love this bike, and it's just it's just an extremely well-made bicycle. The paint on the bikes are just amazing. Everything is great. And then at some point, Schwinn started making bikes in Taiwan. And it was like 1982 or 83 or 84, somewhere in that zone. And I'll never forget when my, when my bike, it was a Schwinn Stingray, was stolen eventually. I went back to go buy a new bike. And I went and saw those bikes at the store, at the Schwinn store. And I was like, what in the world? Instead of being fully welded, the frames were, were actually stamped. They were crimped. It just went downhill. Mm -hmm. And again, my, my quote, my high expectations are the key to everything. And I just, I have high expectations. I want everything great. I, want my, I wanted my bicycle to be an awesome bicycle. I wanted to be able to polish and wax it and have it always be awesome. I definitely was bummed when I saw the quality fall down then. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons that in my business as a detailer, in my business as a, as a person that promotes first-rate car care products, we just make sure that everything we do is absolutely first-rate. I don't want to take any shortcuts, and we don't really get too excited about China or Taiwan. We just kind of keep our products made in first-world countries that pay a working salary that is at least as good as the USA. And for me, that makes me feel great. It makes me feel great that everything that we put forth is going to be the best product or the best solution in any category. So when it comes to a detail spray, we're going to be the very best in that category. And you're going to love it. And you're going to love our towels because they are mind-blowing. And they're ridiculously expensive. <laughs> you know, most people are like, what? $15 for a towel, I can go to, you know, I can go to Costco and buy 38 towels for, for, for $9. You're like, yeah, but they're made in China. You know, that's not our, that's not our speed. Yeah. The differences are quality is expected. And sometimes people will skip quality for price. Mm -hmm. 
I just don't. I, we don't skip quality for price. We put our products all out there, and we base we base the price on what it costs to make. And the stuff that we make costs more money to make than most our competitors sell for on the shelf at a Walmart or a you know at an AutoZone or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We we can't make inexpensive stuff, but we don't focus on it. Our expectations are too high, and our customers' expectations have become extremely high. So our return rate is 0.0003%. Nice. So our our return rate is very low. And we have a 110% guarantee just to make sure that everyone gets excited about the stuff that they're using from us. And if they don't, they're at least going to get a little bit of compensation for going through the brain damage of having to return something. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars, a, a time that you can remember in your life when you really knew you were a car guy? Oh, you know, my dad was a car guy. My dad, my dad will never drive a car that has anything more than two doors. So <laughs> here we are. There's three of us kids in the family, right? <laughs> this guy will not ever set foot in a four-door car, let alone a station wagon or minivan, you know, God forbid. He had the world's crappiest Porsche. And uh, I'll apologize in advance to all of those out there who own or, or like the Porsche 924. But it was that 1978 or 1979 sort of feces brown color. Oh, yeah. I remember that color. I think it was called uh, sepia brown. Yeah. It looked great in the 911. Then, anyway, my dad had that car. And I wanted to wash that car all the time. So this is 1978. I'm a 1971 model. So I'm seven years old. And I just, I just would go sit out in that car and just, just, just try to breathe as much as I could to smell the leather <laughs> and just to smell that. Oh, I love the smell of that car. And I just want to clean it all the time. And he'd, he'd drive it home in the front brakes, of course, like all most German cars with great brakes. You know, they get, they get dusty as heck. So he'd come home and I'd go out there and wash the front wheels like every other couple of days. <laughs> and I'd, like, this has just got to be cleaner than this, Dad. You can't be driving around like that. And then equally... I got as excited about when our next door neighbor got the brand new 1981 Toyota pickup truck. It was the SR5 long bed, pale yellow with uh, brown, brown and tan stripes starting just at the bottom of the, of the, of the do- front doors and going all the way down the back of the side. Mm-hmm. It, and it had brown vinyl interior. Mm-hmm. And I remember jumping in that thing going, oh, this is just the cat's meow thinking this is, this is as good as it gets, man. I mean, <laughs> can, you bet, can you beat this? A bright yellow, you know, a yellow truck and all this cool stuff. And boy, it smelled great too. And, and that was actually the first customer that I had. They were oh, our cool. next door neighbors that bought that truck. And they, and they were out there and they saw me washing my dad's car all the time. My dad would come out because my dad always had to do the roof. He didn't like me standing on the, on, on the door sill. You know, he didn't oh, want to sure. scratch, scratch the door sill up. So he says, yeah. well, call me and I'll wash I'll wash the roof and I'll dry the roof. Just call me, okay, son? Sure, Dad. So I would do that. And then when the neighbors, next door neighbors, got this new truck and it got dirty for the first or whatever, 10th time, and they said, hey, Adam, would you like to wash our truck? And I was like, oh, boy, would I love to wash your truck. And, uh, <laughs> and so I went inside and, and told my dad, and I, and I said, can you please, Dad, can you wash the roof and the, dry it too? And he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. So, and then as, as the other neighbors saw and more and more customers, you know, would have me do their cars. Dad got a little bit tired of, uh, of coming out and doing the roof sure. and, doing, and washing <laughs> and drying. So he, he built me out of a pretty sturdy wood, a, a nice little stool, so I could stand up on it. And oh, perfect, perfect. Dry, dry my own dang roofs. And <laughs> yeah. 
quit quit bugging him. But uh, and your car your car cleaning empire was born there at the young age of seven. That's fantastic. Yeah. What I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and and really crawl under the hood here and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you face in your career. But more importantly, tell us how you overcame that situation and what you learned from it. I've got both. (laughs) Well, the challenge is easy. Our biggest challenge is, without a doubt, finding USA manufacturers to, to supply us with products. It's so hard in chemical manufacturing in the USA is, is strong. We can find that. We work with seven different chemical manufacturers. That's easy. Everything else is really difficult. You know, It's so easy to do business and get stuff cheap and make a lot of money on it out of China or, or out of other countries. So our biggest challenge, without a doubt, is finding USA-made goods that are first rate and that are priced reasonably so that customers will buy them. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for us. I mean, and we don't sell stuff. Like right now, we need an entry-level polisher, and we can't find one, and it drives me bonkers, you know? <laughs> all of our main competitors sell at just a perfect unit, but they're all made in China. So we just, you know, we have a, hey, I'm sorry. We don't make China. We don't sell China here. Well, our main competitors are selling the hell out of them. And for us, it's a bummer, you know? It's a, it's, it's, we don't have that, that, that option. So that's our biggest challenge. Now, I'll tell you what, failure is something that I've, I've felt probably the most in the last 10, 12 months than at any other point in our business. And mm. uh, we grew up to a point where we would have a sale or have a promotion and we would overwhelm our little warehouse here in Colorado to a point of, of getting orders out in three to five to even seven days. We would get just, we, we didn't have the, the bandwidth to be able to handle these the promotionals mm-hmm. and this business is, is based on on these promotions I mean sometimes it's it's it, you know it's all or nothing so I got the brilliant idea to go ahead and find a distribution center a third-party logistics company to help us do that so that they could do a huge volume of orders in a single day and then when it's not a huge volume of orders going out. We don't have to have this huge staff, you know, this big heavy right. overhead. Right. So we outsourced our distribution to a company in Denver and our customer service went straight downhill. Customers wanted to add things last minute. Customers wanted to get something out that same day. There were a whole bunch of just complete failures. We failed our customers to such an extreme level over that it was and it lasted about four months before we were we went in and then pulled out and mm-hmm. it was and it's so funny there's so many people that have this story that I wish I would have just you know you want to learn from other people's mistakes right uh, you know Zappos one of the one of the what just a neat neat company they Tony's success story that's a great I love his book you know had I only read Tony's book before I did this because that's that's the fact I mean absolutely Tony was. Tony was dead on. He tried this outsourcing thing and it went terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to bring it back in, but we burned things. We burned customers. We burned relationships. I don't think we, we didn't burn bridges because I think we're, we've hopefully achieved back a lot of those customers. But man, it took so long to get people their stuff. Everyone wants to detail their, their cars. They want to clean, clean, wash, detail, whatever on the weekend. Right. So we're fighting for Friday. Every day is a fight to get people's products to the, into their hands by Friday so they can get out there and you know, pop a, pop a cold beverage in their garage and, and, and get to work on their toy. Yeah, yeah. And, and we were coming up short. 
uh, man, if you want to hear a failure, that's it. I got a yeah. good one. It's 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 recent. It still stings, and uh, and we're just we are a hundred percent now back in house. We do everything under this roof. We do all of our own bottling. We do all of our own labeling. Anything outsourced for us did not give the customer that that feeling of excellence and that really quick turnaround. And boy. We learn a, a super important lesson there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. And I'd love for you to share a story when you had a real aha moment in your business, in your career, a time when you realized that, wow, this idea, this concept is really going to make it. This is a great one. And tell us the steps that you took to turn that aha moment into your success. So before there were any detailing videos, Mm-hmm. We spent a lot of time writing a step-by-step how-to. So, uh, with our at the at the swap meet, we had an 11 by 17 sheet that basically did a step-by-step instructions, and we would fold it up and put it in the detail kits. So, instead of selling people just car soap or car wax or car polish or a clay bar, we would like to put everything into kits because basically. There were all these different products that are available. You walk into a into any auto parts store, and, and you and you walk over and you look at what my good friend Rich McCrillis would call the wall of confusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you look at all these products, you're like, "What the heck do I need? What do I need?" You know, the paradox of choice. There's a great book that came out year, years ago called "The Paradox of Choice." That that problem you just cited is a great example of consumers look, they get overwhelmed, and they walk away. They don't buy. Well, that's it. I just wrote that down, by the way. I'm going to get that book. Yeah, it's a great book, yeah. That's it. You, you confuse people. And customers are confused. They're like, I'm just trying to fix this one thing. You know, I just got this, you know, whatever. I have a bird poop stain in my hood or I have this brown stuff on my tires or whatever, this, whatever the, the, the issue they're trying to solve. It's just hard to find that solution when you're looking at a wall of products. So our aha moment was our first detailing video. And we did that in 2004. Mike Wilson and I did it together. Mike Wilson's a dear friend and, and a great, he was initially a, a great customer. And then he came to work for me mm-hmm. at the swap meet selling. And then his daughter, who was then 17 years old, her name's Ashley Wilson. And she's still, a, she's our absolute star employee. She's awesome. She's still with us now, 10 years later. He and I filmed an entire how to do your car correctly and safely, how to wash your car correctly and safely, mm-hmm. how to clay your car, how to, how to properly and thoroughly clean your wheels, how to do your interior and get all the nastiness out of the little cracks where you can't hit it with a vacuum. So we did this video series and we did it with a handy cam mm-hmm. and we had, uh, you know, we pieced it together. It was called an Avid, this, this old editing machine and it was a real cheese ball machine, but heck, it was, it was the best in the world in 2004. Yeah. And, uh, so we put together this video and we put it out there and we made these DVDs and we paint, you know, there were just white, there's a white decal and it says Adam's instructional DVD. And it was like, it was about as unspecial as you can think of as far as marketing goes. But the response that we got and the people that came back and said, Oh, I saw that. I saw this product in the video. I need that. Oh, and what where's the wheel and tire kit? Because I see you have a detail kit, but I want everything you used just now on the wheels and tires. I want yeah. that kit. Yeah. And we're like, oh. And, I, and of course, I didn't have a wheel and tire kit, but hey, thank you, customer. That was yeah. a good idea. Now I do. <laughs> yeah, now I do. Watch this. I'll make one for you right now. I think detailing videos. And then so we did the – and there were, there were no other detailing videos at that point. No one else in the industry had done them. Of course, after we did our first, second, third, we just finished and launched our ninth volume uh, video series. Ah, fantastic. And, and uh, they're all on our website at adamspolishes.com. And by the way, the 
that book, The Paradox of Choice, the uh, author is Barry Schwartz. How about proudest moments, Adam? Is there a, one moment in particular you can think of that was your proudest moment in your business? This is long past now. In 2005, we were set up at the Orange County Swap Meet selling our, selling our stuff. And uh, there was a company that was testing consumer response to a new toilet bowl cleaner right across from us. <laughs> okay, toilet bowl cleaner, right? So the group that was there testing this product and it was a, a, just an awesome, uh, an awesome group. The, the guy by the name of Larry Papelka, and he had a, he was in charge at Clorox of a little organization that was called New Ventures, mm-hmm. and basically they're trying to find new brands to buy. And they were out looking for all these new brands, and it was pretty, it was a pretty interesting business. They had thirteen businesses that they were trying to buy, and, and you know, Clorox owns Brita Filter, Ziploc. All these different, you know, oh, tons sure. of different brands. You name it, they, they, they've got a, a hand in a lot of different industries. Did Clorox at one time buy Armorall? You bet, exactly. They yep. bought them from McKesson. So yep. they they owned Armorall, and they owned Armorall at the point that they were looking at us, and they were looking at buying McGuire's even. And and at that point, you know, McGuire's was either too big, too established, or not available. So mm-hmm. so they looked at us and. Our booth was just absolutely mobbed. So we had a really neat a neat booth, and we had an exciting little business, and, and we really did some good business on the weekends there. About a week later, our website was probably doing about three or $400 a day. At a week later, I get an order on our website for $3,800. I immediately think, credit card fraud. So I call them up. I said, hi, my name's Adam. I'm so, I really appreciate your business. Thank you so much. But I just want to make sure you, you guys ordered 18 of our super deluxe mega kits. They're like, she's like, oh yeah. Her name is Jessica, uh, Jessica Diaz. Jessica said, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Let me explain. This is Clorox Corporation. We were set up across from you at an open air marketplace. We were really impressed with what you were doing there. And we are now buying uh, 18 of these kits for all of our product people to review because uh, we're considering, uh, you know, acquiring your brand. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> are you? Whoa, this is that funny. Yeah. Well, I'm just kind of laughing, right? And I'm like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, who who would have thought? Well, so at the end of the deal, basically, I get a phone call, and uh, and it's and it is it is Clorox, and they they liked what we did, and they and they they went through this whole testing thing for us, but it was just it was it was very affirming to me to think that a multi-billion dollar corporation would look at our little tiny company and say, wow, you're doing something right there. That was cool. The deal didn't go through and the, um, the CEO, who was just a remarkable guy, total car guy, his name is Jerry Johnson. He ended up having a heart attack and he lived and he said, I'm done. I'm going to go spend the rest of my life with my kids. Yeah. I don't care about anything else. They hired a vice president from Coca-Cola who came over to Clorox, and that guy said, I'm going to can this whole new ventures thing, and uh, they canned our deal too. But boy, it put us on the map. Just just the testing that yeah. they did with us, it was very affirming. It felt nice, incredibly nice. proud. Yeah. I'll bet. That's great. Well, let's have a little fun here. What was your first really special car? And maybe you could share one memory you had with that vehicle. Now, if you wanted to go really special, the one that in my heart is special to me, mm-hmm. it's my 73 Ford Bronco. <laughs> Great. Those are classic. It, it's so nice. It's, you know, it's called chrome yellow. So it's kind of this orangey yellow. Yeah. It's all original, uncut, and uh, it was restored in 1999. It's got about 10,000 miles on it now. It is just set up so, it's such a clean, simple truck, and uh, I love it. 
a guest I had on Cars Yeah a while back, uh, Jonathan Ward of Icon, takes those vehicles and builds them into something pretty special along with uh, Land Cruisers, and he's doing some other cool things. But when you mentioned the Bronco, I thought about Jonathan because uh, if you haven't listened to his interview yet, you should because it was pretty cool. He's He loves those old vehicles, and uh, they are very classic. What about Sellers Remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've had that you really wish you could have back but you let go? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. We, everyone's got that story. I don't know anybody who doesn't have that story. Well, well, my first car, it was my dad's car, and then we together did a mini restoration on it, and it was a 65 Mustang convertible, 289, three-speed automatic, and when he bought it, it was white with a white top and black interior. He drove it for a while, and then we started making it nice, and then when I was about 14, he said, son, this car is going to be yours. You've got to do the restoration. So I said, all right, well, let's do it. So he and I did together a lot of it. And that when I turned 16, you know, here I am driving around in a bright red uh, 65 Mustang. It was just such a clean car. And I loved it. But when I was in high school, I had this business. And we were we were doing a lot of limousine fleets, and it was a good little business. I had a couple of guys working for me that went to the local community college. I was going, I went to Dana Hills High School in Dana Point, and these guys were going to the school right around the corner called Saddleback Community College. I needed a couple trucks, but I was sixteen or seventeen, and you can't get credit, you can't <laughs> yeah. you can't lease anything. You know, you got to be eighteen to sign a contract. So I took the Mustang, detailed it within an inch of its life, made it perfect and sold that dang Mustang and I'm still kicking myself because I need it and then I bought a couple little pickup trucks with with money yeah, so they could go out and do that but I could have, would have, should have just bought a crappier, <laughs> cheaper truck you know, I didn't need to buy brand new pickups that was just yeah. one of those things you look back on and the black plate, by the way, anyone listening if anyone ever sees a black plate 65 Mustang YSU-130 okay, we'll look that's for that that's the plate number, find it black I'll California look. plate car <laughs> okay uh, YSU-130, there'll be a reward. All the cars, yeah, listeners are looking for that car for you right now, Adam. How about current projects? Is there something you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? For us, simplify is the goal. Mm -hmm. So right now, getting the consumer to get a perfect finish in as few steps possible, that's our deal. So we're really trying to take the detailing process and shrink it down, make it less and less and less confusing. I'm sure I'm probably going to learn more about that in the book that I just bought, by the way, Mm -hmm. that you recommended. Awesome. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Simplifying our system. So uh, getting polishing compounds to be all the way from from something that you correct really heavy sand scratches with all the way up to perfect. Mm -hmm. And then sealants. Right now there's a whole push in this whole – uh, direction of coatings. You've probably heard of the coatings and all the different companies that are coming out with them. And right. so, and of course we need to, if we don't come out with the one that's the best coating, we're going to be paying out on our 110% guarantee all the time. So right. we have to better, better make it really, really special. So uh, coming out with some coatings now that we're playing with it, it's just the technology that's, that's going on in our industry is so awesome. It's just, it's growing so fast and Man, it's it's fun. It really cool. it, keep, it keeps us on our toes. It it does. Yeah. Like when the competition's really awesome, mm-hmm. it yeah. really it lights a fire under your backside. You know, it really keeps you going. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Now, here's a funny question for you: If you were a car, Adam, what kind of car would you be, and why? I'd be my year. I'd be a 1971 Chevy Suburban, four wheel drive. And why is that? Well, 
for one, I guess I, I see myself as just sort of an old school person. In the 70s, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a kid of the 70s, you know, and it just feels like that's my era. But utility to me is is extremely important. So in our in, in my life and in my world and what I what I drive and, and how we operate as a business, utility has a, a, a lot to say. Like the opposite of the way I think is like, you know, the girl that wears the high heels and has a band-aid on the back of her heel because they hurt her so bad? Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, like I can't stand that. That drives me insane. Like don't do that. You know, wear yeah. flats, wear yeah. tennis. So the utility and, and the fact that old 71 Chevy Suburban with a 350 and an automatic and a four-wheel drive and I could fit everything in it and it's built like a tank, you know, super thick, heavy gauge metal. And, and it's not flashy. It's not trying to be anything. It just has an extremely usefulness to it. And it's just a, you know, it's, it's one of the original SUVs. All right, Adam, we're up to what I call the last lap here. And this is where I fire off a series of questions. And you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you buckled up and ready? I'm ready. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Wash your car regularly. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributed to your success? Always be looking for a better way. Ah, I love that. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you're really fond of? Maybe other than your own website, maybe it's a website or a blog that you get or something that you frequent. One of my favorite uh, site spots that I go to is Bring a Trailer. Bringatrailer.com. Randy is uh, smiling right now because Randy Nunnenberg has been a guest on Cars, yeah, from Bring oh, a Trailer, yeah? who founded it. Yeah, he's, he did a great interview, and uh, I've heard many of my guests say, I love Bring a Trailer. How about books? I know I just gave you a recommendation for a book, but is there a book that you've read in the past or maybe recently that you could share with our listeners that you really found interesting? There really is, and it's funny that you asked that right now because I'm just I'm just finishing this book. This book is extremely practical. It's called Traction, and it's by Gino Wickman. It's a really easy-to-follow, hands-on, get-all-the-people-in-your-operation uh, sort of uh, you know, going in the same direction, right. and, you, and you're just going to accomplish great things. But this is just one of those really awesome, usable, applicable books, and, uh, and I'm enjoying the heck out of it right now, and that's uh, – that's definitely my, my thumbs up for today. Fantastic. Well, I'll remind our listeners that you can find links to all these resources that Adam has shared with us today at carsyad.com slash Adam Patali. And Adam's last name is spelled P-I-T-A-L-E. All right, Adam, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy for some people. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and you can't sell this car to buy a bunch of other cars, so that little trick's off the table. But money's no object. <laughs> Today, I'm going to buy you whatever you want. What would that one vehicle be and why? Oh, it would be a 1940 Marmon Harrington Woody. Oh, my gosh. Now, there's a unique one. Yep, that would be it. That's the only car. Well, first of all, they're going to cost a, a whole boatload of money because the one you'd buy me is just going to be a really nice one. Well, of course, I'm but, only going to buy you the best. <laughs> nothing but the best. Yeah. Well, so Marmon Harrington did four-wheel drive conversions during the war. They built this woody wagon in, in 1940 and 41. It was just one of the coolest looking, most utility vehicles. It had a flathead V8 in it. I mean, it's just it's just one of those vehicles that to me is just awesome. So if you look up the Google image 1940 Marmon Harrington spelled H E R R I N G 
T O N curbsideclassic.com's got some got one on there. This is the one I pretty much want you to buy me, Mark. Okay. If you don't mind. Okay, well, it's I'll, ready. I'll, I'll get right on that this evening and have it trucked out there to uh, Colorado. You're in Louisville, Colorado, right? I'll give you the address as okay. soon as hang up. All right. Well, that is a unique one. That has to be one of the most unique ones that I've I've heard here in cars. Yeah. So fantastic, great choice, very cool, and of course it's a Woody. So that's it makes it even better since you're a Southern California guy. Well, Adam, you've taken on us on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me. If you could give our listeners one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into that sunset in that Marmon Harrington, what would it be? Well, since I'm in this industry, I'll give you the I'll give you the advice or give you the sign off of when you're taking care of your car and you're loving on it and you're giving it all the all the love and all the all the kindness that you can whenever you're going to do a product change start with the stuff that you don't like we always see people saying oh what well, what do i need well what don't you like yeah start start there and then move your way through your uh, your car care regimen and your in your products and and you'll find yourself in a, in a finding a better solution for just about everything that you can possibly imagine. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? We have two different sites. We have our, our, our web store, which is adamspolishes.com, Adams, plural, polishes. And then we also have a forum. We have a blog, basically, and our forum is kind of pretty cool. We've got about 90,000 customers, and almost 12,000 of those customers participate in our forum, and that's Adams forums.com. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Adam has shared with us today at carsyad.com slash Adam Patala. Just type Adam in the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. So Adam, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with our listeners and with me. It's been a great bit of fun. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.